0: Welcome back to Modeling Success. I'm your host, Ryan Donatelli. Let's get started. Welcome back to Modeling Success. I'm your host, Ryan Donatelli. And today we are going to cover why accurate data is so important when reporting from the field. And we have the one and only Mr. Corey Schubert. Hi,
1: Ryan. Right. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? Good. Yeah, really. I'm mean,
0: i happy to have you.
1: This at is least, Corey's- At least I knew we were going to have this today. Yeah. Right. You can this, just bring it on me.
0: This is Corey's big debut here. So you'll be seeing a lot of him. He's joined our company. He is a data genius. So when it comes to numbers, numbers is his game and how to deliver a story. So we are really happy to have him. And we want to talk about why data in the field is so important. A lot of people feel recaps are a headache and I don't know that they understand the value of them. So what do you think is the most valuable piece of the data that we're asking for from the team?
1: Hmm. Well, um, I wouldn't say with that a genius. I mean, there's people that are far better with knowing how to manipulate it. Um, I just enjoyed that. I think, you know, you can't just start with emotion. You know, you can't just start with you know, a passion, you, you have to have data to substantiate it. It uh substantiates and informs basically all your efforts um that you should be put forward that putting forward towards whatever task you're trying to achieve. Um and I think
0: it also substantiates opinion and yeah, perspective yeah. and yeah
1: yeah yeah how how and informs methodology and, and your target and how to go against it, right? I think a lot of uh companies look at the um you know, one to one promo model promotions and activations, you know, in, in different industries, um, as just a, a way to, you know, okay, I'm going to get share of this event. I'm going to get, you know, enough people sample. I'm going to test this much. But I think they forget, uh, if there was more time spent on recapping, you know, first of all, educating the models on why they need, uh, to, to capture some of this data. Um, you know, uh, really reframing what they can actually Get from it to, you know, change how they look at their product, how they market it, how they try to adjust their campaigns. Again, I said, I think a lot of um, suppliers don't really, you know, look at the the one to one activations as a a really important recapping, you know, um, feedback loop when it really can't be.
0: I see that it goes unmissed all the time. I don't think that they, I mean, a lot of times they don't even ask for the data and it's so important. Yeah, because it's just value left on the table, right?
1: Yeah, no, it's total value left on the table. I mean, you're actually, you're, you're where the product is being sold. You're where consumers are maybe first being experienced or touching it or engaging it, you know, at an event or um, a festival. It's, it's very important to not just say, Hey, we're there. We're going to try to get this much exposure. It's, are we doing it right? You know, are we at the right place at the right time? Yeah. Right how can operator? we be better? Yeah, how can we be better? We might think, you know, our, our, our the big uh, brand geniuses up up in marketing, you know, might think that this is, what this consumer wants. Well, you're actually seeing where the consumer makes their decision, right? Or where they're first engaging. So understanding what happens and, and capturing as much data as you can around that that moment might be more informative than, you know, um, I don't know, a, 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 a unique panel in a marketing office somewhere, right?
0: Well, my goal for today is to help brand ambassadors understand why we're asking of this. This isn't a headache. This isn't to validate that they showed up. This isn't to you know, babysit them in any capacity, for us, in my opinion, this is for us to be better. It's a way that we can measure how to be better. So if we could get brand ambassadors to think of data as the ingredients of a cocktail, you cannot make a margarita without certain elements.
1: You said something really, really unique there. I know it's unique to to our methodology, brand ambassador, Mm -hmm. the difference between that and a promo model. And I think that's the difference is is creating that and making that brand ambassador understand, hey, you signed up to work with us as a brand ambassador. If you want just a modeling thing, that's fine. But you need as brand ambassador, you need to be able to know about the brand. You need, you need, you need to be able to understand how it works in the space that you're promoting in, um, how the competitors in that space are looking, uh, priced, um, displayed, uh, preferred, or, or is the staff more engaged? So as a brand ambassador, you really, uh, you're not just a promo model. That's, that's the difference. Well,
0: let's talk yeah, about the difference real quick. Let's, yeah. let's talk about that. Cause in your mind, so you have a background coming from Patron, yeah. many, many years of Patron, Diageo. Yeah. yeah a few. There's a long. Three. Those are long. three. I know the Patron guys over there. That is wearing for sure. But so you have a strong background uh, coming from Diageo as well, an experience of decades. And in your opinion, what is the difference between what is now known as a brand ambassador and a promo model? I'm using air quotes for promo model.
1: Well, the the difference is, I mean, most of the promo models are, are, are staffing agencies that do that. They're only expected to execute that task at hand, which is either hold a sign up, try to get QR codes for a day, um, you know, pass out samples. That's what a promo model is. The, the brand ambassador again, though, is exactly that. It that even though they might operate in a similar space as a promo model, your role is different by that definition. And really what that's about is if you're going to be ambassador to the brand, you have to be informed about the decisions you make when, when you're promoting it. So you have more responsibility essentially. And I think um, agencies need to, I forget if other agencies need to, but I think there needs to be a designation between brand ambassador and promo model and that needs to be made apparent to the model as well or the applicant.
0: Yes. And how much pride you take in your work definitely sets apart you from Other people in your position. So, if you're truly educating yourself in advance, if you're really taking the time to get to know in the venue what other nights there might be a promotion on your brand, so you can bring this promotion full circle, as well as give all that data back to us. So, we can then take it back to brand and identify missed opportunities and some other things we'll discuss today when we move on to what we do with the the data. There is. There's talk there's to us about right. your,
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> talk to us about your incentives. <laughs> you know, um, the, the goal of these activations at, at the end of the day, for the most part, it's what's the ROI. So out of how many consumers sampled, how much conversion did we get? How much more preference in that display? Or I mean, in, in that um, operator, did we get, you know, uh, what was the overall sales lift over that period, things of that nature. And I think, brand ambassador needs to be a qualified individual who could understand, wait a minute, if I have an opportunity to be incentivized on this growth of this program that I've been selected to lead and be a part of in this area, it would behoove them not to, you know, (laughs) be able to understand that that history and plan it out. You know?
0: Well, I think a lot of people provide fake or false data because they're worried it's going to reflect their performance. Right. So they might you know, maneuver the situation, or maybe make it look better than it was. But what we truly want to see out of this is the actual, because a lot of people book a promotion, for instance, based off of high volume. Well, mm-hmm. high volume in the register is different than foot traffic through the door. It
1: is very much. Different.
0: Your dwelling time matters. You know, what is it? Happy hour because you're not going to ring as much during
1: happy hour. Is it High volume conversion time, or is it is it just foot traffic? Because the bottom line is, you want the conversion. You want to engage as many as possible. And convert to sale, right after, after exposure to the brand.
0: And if you have low foot traffic during your promotion, and you're, you know, maybe sampling martinis that people mm-hmm. don't drink, but one an hour, and you're there two hours, it makes it extremely challenging for you to be like phenomenal right. with right. data. Because I sold four, you know, martinis during my event. Well, if there were only four people there, that's actually a hundred percent. So that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. But when you write it up, I only sold four drinks versus explaining it in more detail. That's where things, you know, where the data gets misconstrued.
1: It does get misconstrued. Also, from the, the client's standpoint, they look at that, well, okay, I only sold four drinks. The bar only ordered another case over this period, and yet I've spent a few thousand dollars on these recurring events. So it behooved everyone in the situation not to capture as much data as possible to inform how they promote in their area, what brand decisions are made, when things are uh, should be uh, activated or executed, so you get the best ROI. That that's that's why it really matters. And again, by definition of brand ambassador, it needs to be in the in the description that you know you're you're being responsible for a little bit more.
0: Just- well, if you're a true brand ambassador, I, sh- yeah. I think you would want to explain yourself a little further.
1: I think that's step one. Yeah, I think, right. I think we that's taken for granted by. Um, by me, sometimes, but yeah, that's
0: well, inventory. Okay, yeah. so you sold three bottles during your promotion, not phenomenal when you're in an off premise account, but right. if you only had three to sell, well, shit, that matters, right? Very Thinking much. about that, so inventory is super important in the data mm-hmm. that we get. The foot traffic is important, that's not something that's typically measured in recap data. No. As well as, what do you feel?
1: Well, a lot of things, I think, competitive. Uh, competitive players. Uh-huh. I think,
0: Especially if they're cheaper in the time that you're there. yeah.
1: Or, or they've, uh, let's say you're uh, a major rum company and you've got 10 SKUs, right? Does your second competitor have 20 displayed or do they have five? How are you doing against them in this operation? What are you seeing that's different? Is there a different PLS? As you mentioned before, price promotions. There's so many things that are rel- so relevant because this is where the consumer makes the decision um, that... Not to capture them would just be ridiculous. It's it's it needs to be taken much much more seriously.
0: Well, and the best brand ambassadors ask a lot of these questions in advance. Yeah. Who are my competitors? Mm-hmm. Because if you're Crown Royal, they might think that, you know, Jack is a competitor. They might right. not even bring up Jack because Jack's nothing to them. It's the mentality of the brand, mm-hmm. of what they feel their competitor is. And then it's the mentality of the model, too, I feel brand ambassador, of what they think the competitor is. Because just because Crown Royal may say, and I'm just using examples, mm-hmm. that Jack's not shit, not a competitor at all, not the same price point, not this, not that, the, to a brand ambassador in an account where there's only three high-level brands, those might be two of the three.
1: Right. So it matters. Mm-hmm. No, it no, matters. It's even as, as simple enough as going into an account, let's say you're Bacardi, you have your your, your classical your silver rum, you have your aged rum, and you go to sample the aged rum. You don't even ask, did you ask the... The operator, or the staff, they what do rum drinkers drink in this account? I've got two variants. Which one should I focus on? It's, it's almost as simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, that just
0: made okay. me go like, <laughs> no, I don't think a lot of promotional models know or brand ambassadors that that's even an option. Hmm. Because if you are going in and you're programmed on a white rum, but even though the spiced rum might be better for the account, what do you do in that scenario? Right. I call my manager. If I'm the brand ambassador, the person that hired me is my manager, which would be the person from the agency and explain, I'm in this account. It's a white drinker account, not a spice rum account. It could really go far. Can I at least sample both, you know, and try to come up with an opportunity and identify that because the best, in my opinion, the best brand ambassadors are the ones that ask questions, Mm -hmm. try to solve problems, identify opportunity, and really go out there to deliver a consistent brand
1: message. And in that... In the name of that, it takes really understanding everything about the brand to be, be be a true ambassador of it. And I think not to be too repetitive, but it goes back to job description, right? So I said, like the, the mistake I think people make is while a promo model might operate in similar spaces, have similar functions as a brand ambassador from afar, it's a very different, you know, um, expectation, and almost elevation. Point and who's me.
0: that on? Is that on the agency? Is that on the brand? Like, who is that on in your I eyes? I
1: think it's, I think it, the way it works is this. Brands don't really currently respect the feed on the street, uh basic feedback cause they, that they can get. They, they're they just there for, okay, I have to have share. I have to show up at this event. I have to get this new product out there. So it's not expected. And I think the agencies fall in line of just a basic service, right, that, you know, that kind of limits innovation, like you've done the brand ambassadors. And so we don't even think to create that job description to really fulfill, uh, the, the potential of, of what the supplier wants to invest in terms of ROI. And then it's, it's, it's the job of the the job app to understand what, you know, are you qualified to be a brand ambassador?
0: Right. Well, oh, thank yeah. goodness there's a certification out there now. Yes. Isn't that helpful? Yes. It'll yes. help everyone and, understand.
1: And like, do I really want to interview against you if I'm, if I'm, if I'm <laughs> going to smoke up your ass? Like, nah, you, you, it's not going to work. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense.
0: All right. So what do you think? Real quick, couple of bullet points. Okay. The most valuable data. If you could ask every promotional model and, and brand ambassador out there, if at bare minimum give me these three or five things, what is it you want to be accurate and elaborated on?
1: Oh, there's so much from stuff. the
0: streets. Okay, you can have ten. No, no, I don't, just know, list I don't, off a few so know, they I'll, understand.
1: You know, I'll just start rambling on if I have that many. Um I think one is competitive landscape. Like define the 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 Multiple points associated with the competitive landscape. What are the competitive brands, pricing, you know, what is that, what that feature, feature, packaging, display are, you know, um, things that um, can clearly identify that. Uh, I think the, a little more attention to your point of recording what foot traffic is versus engagement, you know, and, and conversion and, and really, uh really focusing on that. And I'd like to see more accurate, um, demographic data, like consumer demographic. I think
0: you want gender, age, guesstimate and yeah. quotes.
1: I mean, as much as you can get without being intrusive for what the environment offers. Well, and it's
0: a guesstimate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think there needs to be a little bit more thought and care placed to that. Um, because it, it'll really determine, you know, Hey brand, your, the, your variant that you're sampling at this price point to here. And spending the X amount, maybe going back to this account five or 10 times over a program, is promoting a product that this local demographic does not shop or does not have any relation to. So I think that was a long three, but- (laughs) Well, no,
0: it's like being in a brewery and trying to sample a wine. It just sometimes doesn't make sense, whether it be the packaging, the product, or whatever it is. Now, a lot of models want to just bitch about that. Right. So utilize the personal comments. Well, yes. damn, there's an idea. Thank so, um, instead of bitching, like, oh, this is so dumb, I'm here. Why don't you think about, oh my gosh, I wonder if brand knows why I'm here. I wonder if Bra- this was brand's intention. Was this a distributor rep calling in a favor just to get the promo booked? Yeah. Because it doesn't make sense. I'm in this account. But a lot of times I think brand ambassadors don't realize that we're listening. So talk to us.
1: It's accountability too. It's, it's, it's on whose end? On the, it's, it's the brand ambassador's end and it's, it's up to the agency to provide a, a, a level of standard and example. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's accountability to, this is again, my job description. I'm here to do this. So if it's not working, look, you're not only an ambassador of the brand now, you're an ambassador of the company that actually hired you. Yeah. The agency. Yeah, the agency. yeah. Who
0: you actually hired. work for. <laughs>
1: and we, we have these operating standards. And so you're, you're an ambassador of. Our methodology, as well as this brand, so, 100%. You're, so you're not you're not there just just pass out things. You're you're there to answer for yourself, and so we because we're going to have to answer
0: taking pride in your work. Yeah, working with intention.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's it.
0: Yeah, and- it's job
1: security all the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you just try it a little bit. Yeah, that's that's it.
1: It's how many people were at the place where the event occurred at that time. There's how many people interacted with the brand actually came by the booth or interacted with you, um asked the questions, seen, you know, they actually had a, a one-to-one engagement. And then there's conversion, which are how many people actually were sampled. Um, sampled. Purchased. Or, yeah. Or, or introduced and actually made a purchase.
0: I think dwelling time is important too, because if people are in now dwelling time, what that means is how long people stayed there. So if you are in the university area and you're bar hopping, there are 40 different people through there every 30 minutes. It might be a small bar, but you're hitting more people than you would if you were there during dinner time, where people are just sitting down, eating an entire meal and the same people during your entire promotion. So all these things are valuable in capturing the data. So take notes on that. And now moving on, what is done with this data? How do we help the brand ambassadors out there know why this is so valuable to us, that we actually read it, that we actually utilize it, how we utilize it, and what do we do with it after that?
1: Well, it's really, it's, hey, we're all here to help. We're all here to make money together, right? It's job security all the way around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're showing, you know, value to the client as to why you're, you're paying us to do what we do. Um, I think that's really what it boils down to. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's playing your part. It's, it's, it's playing your part to, to ensure we're all, we're all making money. All- so
0: we read this data and we run the numbers. We run the numbers against the foot traffic, how many people were sampled versus sold. That's the conversion rate, like we've talked about. And then we look into why is our conversion rate low, for instance, if it's not meeting our expectations. Yes. And that is where we now turn around and look at competitive
1: landscape. Exactly.
0: What are the competitors doing in that account? Are they in the same space that we are? Are we at the same level? Are they kicking our ass? Are we killing it? You made like, a
1: great point earlier. Like, is it a, if it's a beer account, is it a draft account and you're sampling cans? You're- A hundred percent.
0: Well, is happy hour $2 off draft yeah. and we're out there trying to push a- can, a 24 ounce tall boy. Like what, does it make sense what we're doing? Because I think a lot of brand ambassadors show up and they're kind of embarrassed that it doesn't make sense, but really it's just not translated.
1: It's not being told. And
0: until we hear from you, bitching about it does absolutely nothing. When instead you could just say, I feel this promotion would be way more beneficial to all involved if, Mm -hmm. because you can deliver bad news with a positive spin, You don't have to say.
1: Identify factors of how you go to market, right? Uh, I think a lot of companies forget to look at if they're if they're executing at certain stores or certain places in a certain area. You know, are they looking at the actual? When they're not converting well, right? Are they going back and looking at that zip codes? You know, a medium income and other things of that nature of, of, you know, is this, is this an (laughs) ethnic brand and are you, are you trying to sample it at, in, you know, Darien, Connecticut, where uh, People oh, just, sampling know,
0: like, whiskey, you know, or being in Covington, Kentucky, trying to sample some plum wine. Like yeah, yeah, it's just, it, some it, things yeah. are so, an uphill battle.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's, it's, it's as simple as that is why we need to capture all those things to just say, Hey, are we, are we spending money in the right place? Are we doing the brand justice? Are we even touching the right people?
0: How about a sampling budget being accurate? Yeah. Vegas versus Columbus, Ohio, drastically different animals. You're talking about $2.50 beers versus $12 beers. Very,
1: very different. And that needs to be accounted for. In order to, to get the ROI out of the program, that's, that's, that's what, <laughs> that's why it has to be accountability too. Um, and I think, again, I think it's a lot of the agency's responsibility. I think they've been lazy because they've been boxed into this uh, staffing service, uh, boxes to really, you know, take the time to, uh, to approach the recapping process in a way that you can, f- Reformulate, you know, a a presentation or a a directive back to the supplier that that lets them know, Hey, this is the whole entire soup, soup to nuts. Um, look at what we're doing and here's how to make it better. Right. And you can't get better data than that because you're getting it from the source of purchase. So it's, it's the most, the most direct way to, you know, inform someone of what are we doing here?
0: Well, also, I mean, we have a situation in one of our accounts. This is my favorite. They make us book three hours. Yeah. They make us book at three hour slots. They've assigned us. And one of them is 9 a.m. and the account does not even open till 10. Guess whose account, but guess whose issue that is? That is a account issue. That is not even agency. That's not supplier. That's not distributor. That is nobody's fault, but the system of how we have to book. So again, Valuable to know, right? So we could potentially tweak some things, talk to the manager. But I think most often, brand ambassador wants to either complain about it or they want to solve it themselves and just not show up till ten. Right. But now their numbers don't reflect a three-hour event. Exactly. So this is bad. But we
1: need to be able to tell the client that, hey,
0: this is ridiculous.
1: When you're seeing that this is, you think this is low conversion in these thirty percent of the stores that we're going after. Mm -hmm. It's actually better conversion, but we're losing. There's, there's, this is by default. So it needs to be addressed and, and looked at that way.
0: Well, and if you're actually sampling six people and you're selling six bottles, one to each person, that's hundred percent. That's solid numbers that needs to be delivered. Yeah. So the one thing I look at first and foremost when I look at recap data is the time of the event. Okay. Are we at dinner time? Because dwelling time during dinner time is a lot longer than happy hour. Mm. What style of a account is it? Is it a high A account where it's a white tablecloth? Are we talking about a C store? No. What is the scenario? Before I go look at numbers, I want to know the time and I want to know the, the yeah the channel and the situation. Because if we're at a white tablecloth account at four o'clock, not a lot of big drinkers going on at four o'clock at dinner time.
1: No,
0: you know you might have your one bourbon and water, or your one Manhattan, because you are clearly there because you're little older mm-hmm. eating dinner or you're with your children yeah. <laughs> like eating yeah. dinner so there's things that come into play of how successful you even could have been mm. from the beginning so promotion time is important okay what else do you feel about the data um and what you can do with it what's your favorite
1: i just like to uh, to access as much as i possibly can you know I know. see you dating you're just greedy like that i, I am but look yeah. i wanna, i want to I want to understand everything, right? So I want to uh, capture as much data as I possibly can to come back with an informed message as to how we can do things better. So if I have the consumer data, the the full on competitive data, um, and the, um, uh, count audience, the count audience, but also the, 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 uh, the conversion data, mm-hmm. that, that's, uh, that's part of the competitive, right? And the demos of the audience and that stuff. I have, if I have as much of that as I possibly, um, uh, can have. And, and I can put cause and effect together from that. Mm -hmm. I can really help change the trajectory of, of how we do business with that brand and really make the brand excel too.
0: So you're creating value for the brand out of the data. I don't
1: want to just do things. I want to understand why I'm doing them. Okay. Right. And and I think that's why brands activate. (laughs) They, they, they want to, they, they should want to understand why they're doing it if they're just going to go out there and do it. And I want to be able to tell them, hey, here's the best way you can do it. And the only way to do that is through actually or actual propagated uh, objective data. Well,
0: can we talk about the avatar?
1: Talk about that because I think yeah, that that's going to spread a little over my head. The avatar, what do you mean by the flat?
0: Yeah. Well, the avatar is your your target. Demographic, yeah, okay,
1: that's why i want to make right? sure.
0: Right? You want to be in front of your actual, like, when you create your avatar, who is my yeah. number one?
1: I would call it consumer teacup. That's old Diageo speech. I just want to make sure. Teacup? Yeah, teacup. Oh, what teacup. does that stand for anything? Just your consumer teacup, like your t-shirt shape. Who is your consumer?
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like might it. Hurt, me, it might hurt people's feelings to, no, to like call that. them a t-shirt today. I'm calling it teacup. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) so you, you have this target avatar and for instance, Pacifico, Yes, they have a very targeted avatar. It's the IPA drinker. You have two IPAs. You switch to Pacifico, you coast on it. You're a surfer. You're this, you're that, you know, they've got it all mapped out, age, gender, all the things. And, um, I'm not saying specific to one gender, but. Um, and then we go to market in Southern California and more females are drinking this that are 25 to 35 and their true avatar isn't what they think it is. Yeah. How often does that happen?
1: Probably quite a bit. Because I think those the companies kind of get lazy with the volume they try to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just they, they forget the value that can be um, extracted From the activation efforts. And they're just going, okay, we got to fill this. We got to, okay, we have to spend this money. We have to fill this sponsorship. And they're not, I think it comes, it's a little bit from their laziness, I would say.
0: Well, I think the one prime example that comes to my mind is White Claw. Okay. So White Claw most likely had an avatar when they came out. And I'm going to guess that today's avatar is not the same avatar. No, not
1: at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that that brand had like a cultural effect on drinking.
0: Well, it almost came down to like a fitness drink of choice too, because every male that's ripped is has no problem drinking white claws. I don't drink white claws. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Are you putting yourself in that category? No,
1: no, 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 no. But no, I, I always refer to this meme that I, I see out there. It's like, you know, my generation, it's like the 40, <laughs> the 40 ounces, the malt liquor generation now is uh, guy's holding white claw. And it's like, we're not the same. And I just don't, <laughs> I looked some of the, the formulations. Great. I get it. They basically created a new category and how, how rare does that actually happen? And they created, owned a new category and, and it affected the whole entire alcohol business. So I don't know. And my- how'd
0: it come from your vodka soda, tequila, soda? That's my guess. Like these well, the, seltzer, the people think, that like a nice alcohol, light like calorie, light like tasting.
1: I think it was they were trying to find a new way to do light to your point. And I think it had to match today's mm-hmm. culture too. And I think the idea of, um, you know, seltzer waters, craft seltzers, things like that, um, even uh, drinks like spritzes are becoming more popular. Low alcohol became more popular overall in the industry. Um, and it's light, you know, and it, it's a new way to express it. But I think fit the times. and That's why I just, what nuts.
0: And now it's a flavor competition yeah. across the category who can come up with the best well-done flavor match. But I spent a lot of time up in Wyoming and I'll tell you what, the men, snowmobiling even, they oh, pack shoot. their entire snowmobile with White Claws. They have no problem, but I don't think that their target consumer when they came out were men from Wyoming.
1: Right. And actually <laughs> the initial consumer that drinks White Claw might be you know, same one of the do Smirnoff off ice, but the men in Wyoming aren't drinking smearing off ice anymore.
0: No, and then yeah. who drank Zima? Remember when the challenge okay. came out for Zima? That was a big deal.
1: And I think Mike's, men
0: were doing that.
1: I think Mike's heart you know, crossed over pretty well, um, but I think that was a, more of a regional like push where it was, it was just like available in major markets. Mm-hmm. You could tell in like certain smaller local regional markets where like it was owned. Like so, I think that did a good job um, after smearing ice. But yeah white client yeah you're right the evolution of that consumer or the the, the breadth
0: oh yeah that
1: is is insane
0: i think that avatar went from a very narrow targeted demographic to this full wide spectrum from grandparents all the way down to 21 year olds and all the way east from men to you know west to women
1: i think it was marketed brilliantly though i, I think that was the thing is they maybe it wasn't the avatar they picked relevant to like a moment in time, which are style and time and and overall things that were going on. And they, they created those, those initial uh, commercials. And then what they did was they activated the hell out of it though.
0: Well, what's wild is we were in Ohio doing a ton of work and Ohio was actually the front running state for White Claw.
1: What people don't understand also is that the way suppliers are the two largest actual like individual customers. I think it's like Pennsylvania and Ohio.
0: Well, Ohio has over 100 universities.
1: Yeah, yeah. So great.
0: it helps, and you can drive through the entire thing in four hours. But Anheuser Busch alone has 22 distributors. Four-hour drive, no matter how you slice it, and you're out of the state, like from top to bottom. Yeah. And there's 22 AB distributors. That's a lot. That is a lot of consumption is what that is. When times are good, people drink. Times are bad, people drink. When it's cold, when it's hot. (laughs) Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So um, being in front of the right avatar is super important because if you're in a a high A account trying to sample martinis, that makes sense. If you're in a high A account trying to push draft beer, it makes it a little more difficult when there's a white tablecloth involved.
1: And again, if I'm that brand ambassador, I'd want to know what works here and why, so that I can actually do what I'm supposed to do, which is drive conversion.
0: All right. And back in the day, I had a program for um, Apple Pucker. Do you remember Apple Pucker? And we were launching Island Blue Pucker and we had Watermelon Pucker. And they gave me this straight scope of work. And my tools were mints, condoms, and giant beer tubes. Yeah.
1: That sounds like a legal nightmare.
0: (laughs) They basically wanted me to go, at the time they were called alternative accounts. Okay. With the condoms and the mints. And then I could go to bars and maybe try to get these beer towers.
1: That's real courteous. courteous.
0: I want to leave alone the condom part, but um, the point is, is that I turned.
1: It was was the mints and the condoms. They were separate. Um, Yeah. They they, weren't, they they weren't
0: weren't mint flavored condoms. No, no, I didn't think
1: that. But I'm saying those two items, those two items were for uh, a certain, a cap type, right?
0: No, I just was told, here's what you have. I wasn't going to take condoms to restaurants, okay, so okay. that would have been drastically awkward. Right,
1: okay, we'll there. Right
0: yeah, <laughs> things are going so quickly. But anyway, the point is, is that I turned it into a martini promotion. Yes. I thought about how can I sell the most, I mean, that's a liqueur that you're just adding in. I mean, you're putting a tablespoon of this into every shot. Yeah. Max, how am I going to sell cases of this? So I had to tweak the promotion a little bit, make it martini promotion. I put four girls at the bar all drinking the same blue martini. I put a girl in a blue dress walking through the restaurant in a blue martini once every 15 minutes. It's subliminal marketing. Everyone would stop and say, what are those girls drinking? Then it gave the bartender an opportunity to say, this is our new house martini, blah, 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 explain the message. Now I've influenced the influencer and it's the supplemental marketing and we're selling way more than, you know, an ounce of something. So what they thought their avatar was with the condoms and mints is drastically different of how I became number one in the nation with this program. Right. So you have to be open-minded to tweak things. So right.
1: well, It's understanding where it lives. Like you said it's an additive in a cocktail. So the only way if you're going to drive overall volume is to make sure it's in the cocktail, that it's representing the account. It's a theme that's part of the account that people recognize is associated with, part of the beverage program. And at mass, that's the only way you're going to drive volume.
0: And two right. tablespoons per drink. Yes. It goes a lot further, obviously, in sales than one, totally. right?
1: And if you want to. Give it a step further. Oh, it's an opportunity to upcharge. True. Yeah. Take like a margarita versus the Cadillac.
0: Oh, it's such a such a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Cadillac for sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Then we want to make sure we have ample inventory.
1: Totally. Because sometimes the, the accounts, and you know this best, like Total Wine and how they order and stock themselves. <laughs> and no matter how many times- We're not we,
0: disrespecting Total no, Wine. No, no, no,
1: no. It's-, it's <laughs> that well that's a that's a supplier relationship thing there, but um it was a yeah, logistics, logistics actually logistics, logistics thing thing as well. But in any account, um you want to make sure that the product's mm-hmm. actually stacked. I mean a stock, because so many times how how often do we not activate because we sell out in the first twenty minutes. It wasn't communicated to the distributor, to the supplier, to the account correctly, and you spent X amount of dollars and now in twenty minutes you're a you have no no more opportunity to promote.
0: Well, and if you don't check inventory in advance here in Vegas, you've got to go to the basement in the, you know, yes. East Wing yes. to get the keg. So if you don't check to see how heavy the keg is when you start the promotion, if you're sampling draft beer, for instance, and it takes 45 minutes to an hour to get a keg from uh, food and beverage. Yeah. Oh, honey, it, it, good luck.
1: And it looks great to have two branded people sitting there, two brand masters. <laughs> like, but like their their table's not even set up, yeah, because they have nothing to they have nothing to sample, and uh, yeah, so that that's a pretty uh, awful situation.
0: So checking your inventory is good, yep. especially in the off premise. If you're selling bottles, you need to know what you can and cannot do. You know, selling someone on a brand that they cannot have is not a good experience.
1: I mean, technically this is a data point. You would not think it's like a a numerical data point, but has the account been educated before you've been in the account to activate? Has the brand done a staff education? Have we been contacted to execute a staff education? Because how how many times does the staff not even know that the promotion is going on?
0: Even when you've already started it and you're in the building. Right. Yeah. Because they don't look around.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think. <laughs> That's a lot of it too. <laughs> you know, I think but the education piece is key. I think there's uh, you know, the everyone should be aware of what's gonna be coming in a week or a couple of days, and everyone should be actually educated on the product. And therefore, it's not a promo model, the brand ambassador needs to come in and do their work too. And, and client, we're gonna cover needs to pay for it, you know.
0: A hundred percent. Um, and how educated the staff is on the product too. Right. Not just do they even know that you're in the building. Right. It's, do they know anything about your brands? Because right. having them on your side would be helpful, wouldn't it? It would. Especially when you're in the building.
1: It would. it would. <laughs> And if, you know what, even if you're going in that account and you're promoting a lot, the, the, the brand is trying to activate there constantly and no one can figure out why the inventory is not there. And they didn't ask the bartender and the bartender could have said, you know what, hey, actually the owner hates that brand.
0: that is super valuable you know
1: like you're you're spinning wheels dude like come on you know like that would be really valuable go back to the client and be like you're not influenced you can't influence this account I know it's the account you want to be in it's
0: been influenced it's it's
1: trust me it's been influenced and maybe doing some out of home in the area or some some local marketing that's not at that establishment is going to be a better investment for you.
0: <laughs> and I think that all people maybe outside of Brand Ambassadors know that it, you do disqualify accounts. Mm-hmm. You also qualify accounts. Yes. That's how we got there to begin with. Yep. So sometimes it's a um, almost like a thank you for your continued support situation. We yep. call these pet accounts. These accounts are accounts that are, always have our back. It's a good target demographic. Trading. We're yeah. good to them; they're good to us, etc. Then you've got your opportunity accounts yep. in the middle. That's where it's a good fit for the brand. Mm-hmm. And then you have your competitive kicking your ass level,
1: which is sponsored where- level, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, well, you, you
0: want get to get in there because it's a good fit, but you're getting your tail kicked yeah. because okay. you are not them. Yeah, but your people live there. Yeah. Your avatar is there. So if you're, it's like, if you're a non-GMO, gluten-free product, or, blah, or blah, blah. Mean,
1: the vice president lives in there. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that too. But if you're a non-GMO, you know, all organic, you know, gluten-free, everything, whatever yeah. is trendy right now. If you're that, you obviously want to be a Whole Foods. Right. You know, you want to be in front of your avatar.
1: Or in LA or someplace like that. Maybe.
0: So you want to make sure you're in the right room. Is, yep.
1: is important.
0: Um, and if your competition is doing it, you want to be in there. So sometimes it's an uphill battle like that. But at the end of the day, we take all of this important data, we try to create the story of what it looks like for the brand in reality, not in maybe what the intention was at launch. Because right. a lot of the time you come up with this avatar and this intention a year before you even go to market.
1: Sometimes before you even create the liquid or the the, the, the mechanism of server, yeah.
0: Oh, and just think about how much people have changed during COVID alone. Yeah. So a, a year time frame, and it's okay to speak up and set the record straight of what would be better for the brand in your opinion. Now, have the merit to know what you're talking about.
1: Have the merit to know what you're talking <laughs> about. Have the methodology, and the supplier needs to be open to understanding that, what we're here to do is not just, we're not just staffing, okay? We're here, we're a marketing agency, right? We're not just staffing to market the brand. We're informing brand marketing too, based on this data we can capture. That is so critical because it's at the point of sale. Yeah. Or, we wa- Or first engagement.
0: Well, and we want to create an experience for people. So yes. even if we don't sell them then and there, that next time they're in the store, maybe without their wife, you know, like sometimes people are intimidated to, you know, follow maybe some influence because of other influences in the area. So next time they're in the liquor store, maybe next time it's up to them to make a decision that they think about the experience that they had with the brand ambassador.
1: Right. Or if the brand ambassador, the, the uniform says one thing and they walk and go, this is not appropriate for these people or, Oh, I've totally missed the boat. That's something to capture. You want to, you want to care about that too. and Be able to say to the, to, to your manager, Hey, I, I know the brands says dressed this way. We need to do. We need to dress this way to be appropriate. You know, and fitting.
0: Oh yeah, I can't tell you about how many NASCAR events that we've staffed, and the girls wanted to wear skirts, and I'm like, you best put shorts on, because yeah. with camera phones and things, oh, yeah. you got, to, you're moving around, you got to be careful what hits the internet.
1: <laughs> You're right.
0: Yeah, I've You're had right. that happen before. So um, what we do is we regroup with the data, the story that it tells us mm-hmm. because it's it's unbiased. It, it is what it is. Yeah. So it's not an opinion of people. It's really true information. Um, we re-look at the strategy and then see what needs to be tweaked. And we go back to brand and mm-hmm. we say, the data shows this. So sometimes it's repackaging the promotional game plan and the go-to-market strategy with promotions and activations. So we
1: can do better.
0: Yeah, which in theory helps your job as a brand ambassador be easier because you're put in the right environment and set up for success ultimately versus in theory.
1: I think one of the most valuable things I was ever told at any job or any level I had was know your business. Know your business. What what area is yours and operates? And, and, and even if you're just sampling – Your business to know what you're selling. Yeah. And where you're selling.
0: And I want to take that a step further because in last week's podcast, we talked about this. It Mm -hmm. was work with intention. Yes. Care about how you're representing yourself first and foremost, Mm -hmm. but also think outside the box. What else can you do to make this the most beneficial promotion that could ever hit the streets that you put your name on? Yep. So, if you're only given 50 keychains and $50 and you're there for five hours, you obviously want to go out. But is there a distillery tour with a QR code? Is there a social media push? Is anything. there a text to win campaign? Is there a photo op? Is anything. there anything else that you could do with your time there that you are creating an experience for consumers, yep. getting them more attached to the brand in a healthy way, not in any, you know, within boundaries and limits and legal laws? Yep. <laughs> And all the things, but is there a way that you can make this promotion so much better than the one happening down the street right. that your coworkers are doing with the same scope of work that you are given?
1: Again, I think it's accountability on all levels. I think uh, we do a good job of it because of you, but the agency needs to actually you know, define the value of what they do and why they're being hired.
0: Yeah. It'd be nice if everyone cared as much as we did.
1: Yeah, well actually no, we would just we'll have a bigger voice and we can let them not care and we'll do better. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that.
0: Okay, so I'm going to bust out real quick before we go what a, what a true really great brand ambassador does when they get to an account. Go for it. Well, first and foremost, you know what recap info you're needing. Yes. Because you need to start getting those answers from the moment you walk in the door and it starts with introducing yourself to the manager, saying what you're here to do, checking inventory, First and foremost, Mm -hmm. my name is Sarah. I'm here with, you know, to represent Corona today. I, you know, I've been told we're doing Bottle. Where do I set up? What is the, no, what is inventory on Bottle? Do you also have it in can? Is it also on draft? What is the feature price? What is the regular price? Now I need to know these things because I'm about to go talk to people. Right. But my recap also calls for these things. Yep. So as the manager is checking these elements, I can start writing down my recap
1: data. You know, it should be, like you said, it's a, it's a practice that should be, you know, expected that it starts, like you said, the moment you walk in. Because it's just like, you know, we all you have to put on your underwear for your pants, right? <laughs> like, Preferably. <laughs> Preferably. Right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, so like, I, I look at it that way. It's like, it, it's all, it, it's, it's common sense too. It'll make your, your time involved as minimal as possible. I mean, that's the, you don't want to. You don't want to do more work than you're getting paid for to spend longer hours on it. This is an efficiency mechanism.
0: Right. Time management. Yeah. Yeah. And a BA should have time management because you're working for multiple brands, multiple places, multiple everything. I mean, time management is the, I think, number one part of this. If you're going to be self-employed and do this full time, Mm -hmm. your time management needs to be top notch. No doubt. So you're going to walk in, you're going to talk to the manager, you're going to discuss the the feature price, regular price, packaging, make sure everything is cold. You're going to get everything all dialed. Mm-hmm. And why he's helping you get to that moment, you are going to now go to the bartenders. My name is Sarah. I am here representing Corona. Today, we're going to push the draft feature, bottle feature. I'm also going to drive traffic back to Tuesday night because the manager let me know Taco Tuesdays, there's a feature. So are all of you very aware of Corona? Can I taste you on it? Do you know alcohol volume? Give your three bullet points, educate the staff. Mm -hmm. It's so overlooked.
1: And also it's saying, hey, if a customer wants to order from us and the waitress isn't available, which is the bartender that I should be going to?
0: Oh, yeah. this
1: bartender, you want to make their life easier too. Like how do I integrate if someone asks me something to make your job easier?
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that a lot. Yeah. But anyway, what you're doing in this is you're making sure they're knowledgeable on the brand, yeah. but that they know you're in the building, how long you're in the building and that you're going to be counting for Why sales.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause they'll
0: help you. Now you have an army of people all yeah. now we're working smarter, not harder. Exactly. Right. Look at us go. And then obviously you're going to have all of your POS available, but I walk around first and talk about the feature. Yeah, I don't sample and I also don't give away anything. No, no, no. I no. go around every table and let everyone know, my name is Sarah. I'm going to be coming by to talk to you about Corona. It's on feature. Boom.
1: Establish so that
0: way, if right. they are going to start drinking something, they're going to start with me now versus me trying to get them to convert from a different product when they've right. already purchased it.
1: Hi, I'll be back.
0: Well, in Vegas, when you buy a bucket of beers, oh yeah, that's an investment. It is. You just got your oil change and bought a tire, you know? So are they going to switch over and buy a bucket from you in the two hours that you're there when they have a bucket that they just spent $150 on? That is hard. Hard to do. Yes. It's not impossible. You can swap them and some other things, but you need that register to reflect Coronas. Yes. Not... The, you know, the pictures necessarily, because the sales count. And if they already rang it up as a Budweiser and they swapped it out, those sales aren't counting for Corona. So there's situations, but letting everyone know about the feature, Mm -hmm. then coming by with product, then coming back around for your biggest fans, giving away some point of sale. Now you have talked to the same people three times in an hour.
1: Yeah.
0: And you still have another hour left and you still have product left and you still have bar spend left and you still have all the things. So it helps with time management yes. as well. And then obviously before you leave, you want to say thank you. You want to make sure and get your photos. You want to make sure you have everything for your recap. Thank the staff. Tell them when you'll be back.
1: Ask them if there's anything I could have done better or we could have done better too. I think that gives them some ownership and you're in their space, like you're in their house. So it's it's best to understand how you, they want you to operate.
0: Yeah. And even if there were challenges, concerns, or some ideas you have, maybe speak to the manager at that moment. Hey, foot traffic was a little slow today. Is it usually like this? Because I have another event here next Friday. Do we need to push it back an hour? Would it be better to come on Tuesday? Like, what is a better time or situation for me to be, you know, the most beneficial when I'm in the building? So that's just, that's just what I would do if I was a brand ambassador, but you know. You wrote the book though, right? (laughs) It makes sense. It's common
1: sense, but it should be outlined that when they get, when they get the job, it should be, you know, walk through how to, how to execute the job. So
0: responsibility on us. Yeah. Well, we're doing our part over at Talent Booking Experts. That's for sure. Okay. said that. And we have um, certified brand ambassadors at Talent Booking Experts as well. (laughs) <laughs> all right. Well, anything you want to throw in before we get out of here?
1: I'm good. I'm
0: good. Thanks for Very joining awesome. us. Thank you. It's going to be um, just the first of many. Mm-hmm. Again, Corey is now with us, VP of strategy over at Connections Consulting and Marketing Solutions. He is a data savage. I don't care what he says. mensa. No. <laughs> He'll brag about it when he's off air. No. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much, Corey. Appreciate having you and we will see you all on the other side. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the table of modeling success. I am your host, Ryan Donatelli, and you can find me on all social channels, mainly Instagram, LinkedIn, and RyanDonatelli.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe and meet us here every week where we will be discussing the actual happenings that no one wants to openly talk about in the talent and entertainment industry.